welcome to my little house of prayer. I am your host, Dayla Smith. I'm so very glad that you could join me today. Let's open in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you thanking you for today, for this wonderful day to fellowship with others, Father, in Jesus' name, that we can gather together to learn of you, Father, because your word says, draw nigh to me, and I will draw near to you. So I thank you for this wonderful time, in Jesus' name. It, your words be the words that come out of my mouth, not mine, Lord. And I thank you for this. In the precious, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen. Did you know that every last detail of the tabernacle spoke of the Father's great undying love for his creation and the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ? It speaks of our relationship to the Lord. It speaks of his relationship to us. My father used to tell me, and he still does, don't forget where you came from. And in this, he means don't forget where you once were to appreciate where the Lord has taken you. And um, so we have to go back and look at our beginning to know where our end will be. 1 John 4, 7 through 10. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that lo loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let's look at Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. 
I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I guess the Lord wants us to look at Psalm 91. This is such a powerful passage. Verse 1 and 2 put our focus primarily on the Lord Adonai. Hallelujah. When we come to enter into his glorious, righteous presence, we are to come with reverential fear. Proverbs 9, 10 through 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. The Lord does not want us to be afraid of him. Like every loving parent, he wants our respect our awe, our hearts. Whether we are perfect or not, we want our children to listen and obey in order that we can see them overcome their obstacles. Well, our Father wants us to succeed. He wants his children to overcome their obstacles. But we have to have our focus on him and not his hand. The rest of the psalm tells us the many ways that he watches over us and defends us. So how does all of this work? All over the Bible, the Lord tells us how, all, how this all works. The battlefield is for the mind. What is our thought life on? What is our main focus? Do we seek his face and not his hand, or do we seek his hand and not his face? You know, I learned recently that when we go to praise and worship him, or we go to pray, he is our King, our Lord. And when you go to see an earthly King, an earthly Lord, then you're supposed to bring a gift. If you don't, back in Jesus' day, you were likely to be killed. Well, so does our Heavenly Father want a gift. And I think it says, says it very clearly in the New Testament. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. That is your reasonable service. In other words, our thoughts are supposed to be totally on him and magnifying him. Instead of thinking about the problem or stuff that needs doing or the people coming to visit, your mind should be totally on him when it isn't. In, in the Jew, Jewish way of worshiping and being children of God, you just as soon walk away from it and come back with a gift because that prayer, that worship, that praise to God, he didn't hear it. It's null and void because your mind was not on him. And that's hard to do. But with Christ, we can do all things. And um, so I'm working on this, trying to keep, put my focus on the one that can solve all my problems, so bless my life. Anyways, Matthew 6.33 says it like this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, think about 
the Lord and his kingdom that is to come. Then think about his righteousness, how to treat others, how to treat the Lord, how to treat people in our lives that we don't care for, how to be sensitive. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So how do we seek his face and not his hand? We read the whole Bible. Take your time to learn what he wants to reveal to us of who he is and how to see the world and others through his eyes. To walk as imitators of the one who created each and every one of us. The Old Testament is our relationship to God. The New Testament is our relationship toward others. Did you notice something? I call it a twofold witness. Looks like the Ten Commandments. Remember, Jesus said that he did not come to do away with the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. So in other words, the law never went away. The prophets, prophecies, that never went away. They both remain. And we are to walk accordingly if we are to be children of God. We pray and hold a conversation with him. Don't just tell the Lord of all your wants and desires. Pray for others, especially those who misuse and abuse you. Those who do you harm. Ask the Father to put a wall of fire around your conversation with him. That he bans the enemy from listening in to use your words against others and you. Then have a real conversation with the Lord. In other words, get real with him. He ain't sitting up there shocked. Keep in mind, have reverential fear and respect of him. But say what's on your heart. Because when you say what's on your heart, he will speak to your heart and help you make the adjustments you need to make. He'll show you the right path, the narrow way. Then be patient as you pray. Keep an ear peeled for the voice of the Lord. Listen for his instruction on how to pray. Pray by his instruction. Wait for his voice to have a conversation with you. It will always be his word. His word will never return to him void. Look at the Father's one and only Son, the Word. The Word returned to be seated at the right hand of the Father. How powerful is this? We also get our focus completely upon the Lord God Almighty. As we get our focus completely upon Him, we offer up a sacrifice of praise as we worship Him for who He is. We offer thanksgiving to him for all that he has accomplished in our lives. I think that as we enter his gates with thanksgiving, it centers our focus on him. Then we enter his courts with praise. Praise allows our focus to be on the one who he is. And we praise him for what he has done in our lives. Courts are for honor of his righteousness and glory. 
He is a just judge and head over all that happens in our lives. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Are we called according to his purpose? We are called. But the decision is up to each and every one of us to choose to answer and surrender to his call. Matthew 22, 1-14 And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. In other words, they blew him off. Or as the kids say today, they dissed him. But when the king heard thereof, he was raw, angry. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their cities. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. Isn't that amazing? Gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. In, in other words, there's no excuse. You can't tell God no because of the person you are right now. The things you've done and where you've been. He loves you. That is his perfect will. He said that there is no pit too deep or too dark that he could not save you. His arm is not waxed short and his ear is not waxed solid where he cannot hear you. Just cry out to him. Will it be easy? No. He didn't promise that said, I'll pull you out and set your feet upon the rock. That rock is Jesus Christ. That is your foundation. And you are supposed to build upon it. Build your faith upon it in him who has made you whole. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways and the and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out to the highways and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. 
There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few choose. See, that man was called, but he didn't choose. Otherwise, he'd have had his wedding garment on. When you choose Christ in your actions as well as your words, you are preparing your wedding garment. Every trial, every tribulation is a choice for Christ. If he brought you to it, he will bring you through it. I can testify to that. He has kept me from not falling apart during serious situations. He has kept my feet steady. And instead of falling apart, I stayed together because of him. You see, we are all invited to accept his invitation to prepare for the marriage supper or Passover Seder meal with the Lamb of God. Who cho We choose whether or not to accept the invitation. Then we prepare to walk out the road map concerning his wonderful invitation. His invitation with all of his wonderful promises. And in so doing, we are tucked safely in the Father's love. Isn't this awesome? Let's look at the tabernacle furniture. First, we come to the Lord's outer court. Remember, I said the court was a place of... Courts are for honor of his righteousness and glory. Okay? So we're in the outer court, and we come to the brazen altar where we are introduced to the Savior of all mankind, the Lord Jesus Christ, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is what the brazen altar is about, salvation. 1 John 4, 7 through 10. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God. Get this, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, he loved us first before we could love him, ourselves, or anyone else. We have to receive the love of God. After we accept the Lord's invitation to accept his wonderful gift of salvation from the bondages of sin, we then enter the inner court and we come to the labor. A labor was a big bowl filled with water with a mirror at the bottom of it. Why? So when we wash our hands and feet, we are to look into the mirror and see ourselves for who we truly are. That mirror is God's word in these days. When we go and we read God's word, we're washing our minds with the waters of the word. And we are to look in that word at ourselves and see the sin within us so that we can repent of it, bring it to the Father and the Son and, and be redeemed of that sin. And then repent, change your choice-making decision. 
if you know that certain triggers will set you off, you do everything possible to steer clear. If you know certain places will trigger you, don't even go there. Don't even go near there. I mean, go as far away as you possibly can from that spot. So we're to, when we wash our hands and feet, we're to look in the mirror and see ourselves for who we truly are, sinners in desperate need of a Savior. We're to repent of those sins that we see and ask the Lord for forgiveness of those sins. Then we come to his holy place. First, we come to the altar of incense. Why? And did you notice where it is located? Over his heart. Intercession and prayer is where we hear his heartbeat. This is his heart. Prayer, intercession, that's all near to his heart. I will be posting a diagram of the tabernacle for you. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. In other words, come talk to me. And that's what he's saying. Come talk to me. And, and we'll talk. And you'll find rest in our conversation. You'll find direction so that it brings peace in our conversation. We're to make intercession for ourselves as we repent of those sins revealed in the mirror of the labor. We are also to make intercession for others, especially those who have misused and abused us. That is the hardest thing to do, love the unlovely. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This is where we find freedom as we allow him who forgave us to tuck us safely in his great love. To the right hand in the holy place is a candlestick. The candlestick represents the light of his Torah truths. Psalm 119.105 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. John 1.1-14 In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's right. Jesus became the candlestick of the Torah truths. You shall know the truth, Jesus Christ, and the truth shall make you free. I hope this is a great encouragement for you to search him out in his holy word. Then we go back to the altar of incense to talk to him again about what we learned reading his word. And let him converse with you about that word. There, were many there are many times I am sent on a Holy Ghost word trick, I call it. We just keep talking and it leads me to another scripture and another scripture and another scripture. And yes, I've got questions and he'll speak to me about answers to those questions. We go back to that altar of incense so that his sweet Holy Spirit can give you more understanding of what you learned and how it pertains to you. Then we go to his left hand where we come to the table of showbread. There are 12 loaves of bread anointed with oil and frankincense. Oil is the anointing, and frankincense represents faith. 12 represents the 12 tribes of Israel. It represented the 12 elders in his kingdom. It stands for government, which to me is interesting. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall become called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The bread represented the bread of life, John 6, 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst, Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Psalm 78, 23-25 Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. From there we go back to the altar of incense to pray and thank him for our spiritual food and his care and keeping of both our spiritual man and our natural man. Then we, with reverential fear of the Lord, enter his holy of holiest place. This is where the Ark of his Covenant can be found. Our spiritual hearts are now where his ark of his covenant can be found. In the ark where the law of love, in the ark where the law of love, ten commandments, and the testimonies of the Lord's great love towards the children of Israel. This is where he covers us with his feathers, wraps us up real tight in his love as we realize we did not choose him, but he chose us. It is here he wants to write his laws on the tablets of our hearts. It is here we remember the wonderful testimonies he has shown to us to share with others. Because just like the priests were to visit each station going in, 
they had to visit each station going back out. And when they came out, they were to see others through the eyes of the Lord. We are to do the same. Mark 16, 15 through 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. This is how we are to be tucked safely in the Father's love, by going out and sharing how he has, is affecting our lives, so that the invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb goes out and invites others, so that he can affect others and they can affect others. So now I want to extend an invitation to you who are listening, an invitation to a radical change in your lives. Like Jesus said, he who hath ears, let him hear. Let me introduce to you the, the one who radically changed and is still changing my life, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, my Savior, my friend, my Father, my King, my Lord, my everything, above everything, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Lord. Please accept his invitation. It is really simple. First, you must acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a Savior according to the mirror of the law of the Lord. Ask him for his forgiveness for all of your sins and call them out to him. He's not up there about to whack you over the head as you call them out to him. He's not about to say, shame on you. And he's not about to blab your secrets all over creation. He promised to hold those secrets secret. He promises that you can trust him. He promises to help you find your way. Thank him for forgiveness. Ten lepers who got healed. One came back and said, thank you. The one that came back and said, thank you, was made whole. Think about that. Then forgive those who have sinned or transgressed against you. That is a heaven or hell issue. Forgiving others, forgiving yourself, those are heaven and hell issues. Unforgiveness will keep you out of heaven. Then repent. Like I said earlier, repent means to change your mind concerning sinful habits. Let him influence your choice-making decisions as you get in his holy word. Ask him to be Lord over your life. I have a wonderful friend, and she, in this instance, she reminds me of me, especially in the very beginning. I'm still quick on the draw. <laughs> but the minute she finds out that she has sinned, she'll drop it like a hot potato and say, I'm not going back to that. That, ain't, that isn't who God called me to be. I am who God called me to be. And then she acts it out. There's faith in her choice-making decisions. She don't go back there. I've never seen somebody repent that quick in a long time. But she does. She drops it. <laughs> oh, no, it disgusts my Savior. It's disgusting to me. Let us all be like that, you know? I hope to remain that way. 
Anyways, let him influence your choice-making decisions as you get in his holy word. That word will lead and guide you home to be with him. Ask him to be Lord over your life. I want to pray this prayer with you, but this is just an outline. The real work begins after I pray with you. Because this is a very personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm going to pray, but I'm also expecting you to take a moment out of your time and enter a life-changing experience by going to the Father and talking to Him through His Son, telling Him everything that I told you to do, repent of your sin, acknowledge your sin, tell Him thank you, Get lost in praise and worshiping Him. It will make your salvation sweet. So, like I said, that's the homework I give to those of you who have not made Christ your Lord and Savior. For those of us who have made Christ our Savior, I'm, I am asking the Lord to cause all of us to come back to that place where we recognize our sins and we acknowledge them and we bring them before the Lord and we declare with him judgment over those sins that they can't have any power over you anymore and that you change your choice making decisions I'm expecting you to do everything that I just shared with you about salvation and I'm praying that you continue in your in this wonderful walk that I described to you. He will tuck you safely in his love. He will watch over you and sing over you if you let him. But the choice is yours. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins. I ask for your forgiveness, Father. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer in Jesus name Amen now if you have made the decision to give your life to Jesus Christ let me be one of the first to welcome you to the body of Christ let me let you know that all of heaven is greatly rejoicing over your decision today please let me know of your decision today I want to pray for you if this message has brought up any questions or spoke to you in some way, or if you have any prayer requests, please let me know by commenting below or emailing me at my number one little AFMP at AOL.com. It's all small letters, all one word, and the one is a number one. I would greatly love to hear from you. If you have made the decision to answer the call of Christ for your lives today, 
or maybe you've recommitted, please let me know so that I can pray for you and also welcome you to the family of God. Remember, I love you with the love of the Lord, but Jesus Christ will always love you more. I should say, but the Father will always love you more. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for this wonderful time of fellowship in your word, Lord God, that you had your way today. And there's someone out there you spoke to. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to their heart. Fortify them, Lord, to make the right decisions. Help them along their way. Be real to them in a real way. Manifest your presence to them, Father. I thank you for it. And for other believers, Father, who are listening in, I hope that this message brought encouragement. I hope this message brought joy to their hearts, Father. But only you can do that. Only you can open the eyes of our understanding to hear and see what you are saying to us today. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, amen. Have a blessed week, guys. Thank you.